Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, fam? You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene. We're also part of Empire Media. That's AmpireMedia.com. I'm Wole. My co-host Ray is out, so I'm doing the show solo. Um, I mentioned Empire Media. Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders insider John Kime, and Jones Football, uh, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. And you can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit that red subscribe button and like this video. Do not do not forget to, to tweet us. Or, yeah, tweet us. It's still a tweet. I guess it's tweet. Tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Uh, you can also check out our weekly NFL picks on the Football Garbage Time website. Just go to www.footballgarbagetime.com. It's part of the Urban Sports Scene versus Football Garbage Time Pick'em Challenge. I'm doing horrible. I'm last place in the thing, so don't trust me. Don't go with my picks. They're trash. My picks are trash. Anyway, Will T would normally say this. I got, so I got to get a shout out to Will T. We used to be on the show. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. Uh, we'll chat with Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus Washington Commanders reporter Donna Hopkins. Uh, we'll talk about the Commanders losing to the L.A. Rams and their upcoming game against the New York Jets. Then we'll talk with HBCU analyst and announcer Jamie Walker about FAMU defeating Howard in the Celebration Bowl. Finally, I'll talk with undefeated junior welterweight Gary Antoine Russell. But right now, I see my guest is, is ready. She's ready to go. I can see I'm gonna put I'm put her I'm putting her in. She's in. She's in. She's on. She's going on live right now. I have Tony McGee's Pro Football Plus Washington Commanders reporter Donna Hopkins on. What's going on, Donna? Hey, Wally. You know what? I think that we are rocking the same look to, with the toboggans. I know. And you everything. know what I'm saying? Yeah. We yeah. Look, you know what I mean? Like great minds think alike. You know what I'm saying? Great minds think alike. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> uh, what's up? What's up, Lou? Um, so Donna, let's get to it, man. You were in the building. You were at so you were at SoFi Sunday. Uh, Washington uh fell to the LA Rams 28 to 20. Uh Washington was down 28 to 7. Close to right side of bench uh Sam Howell in the fourth quarter. Uh, did you agree with the move? As jo uh Jacoby Bassett said that. He didn't doesn't like to hear bench. Let's just say that he was sit down and replace. Okay. Any way you want to spin it, 
he was set down. Bitch, right. whatever you want to do it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I thought that the move came a little late because gotcha. if you look at the play of Sam Howell over the last four or five games, he struggled. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was struggling in that game early. Now, if Coach Rivera makes that call early, which yeah. Coach Rivera said that that was his call as far as switching them in and out. Okay. And the reason why he said that Howard was taking a beating, he didn't want him to take a beating. Well, it was, yeah. uh, and so I understand all of that. But the thing is, is if he would have been replaced probably at the start of the third quarter because uh -huh. Sam had been struggling, maybe the outcome would have been totally different because they weren't used to uh, Jacoby being in there. You, you, you could see that he moved the offense. He was confident. Uh -huh. And I think right now you can tell that Sam right now is a little shell-shocked. Yeah. Uh, he's not the same Sam as he was at the beginning of the year. You can see uh, that he's rattled a little bit right now. And I would be, too, if I had been sacked as many as times as he has. But he looks like he's taken a few steps backwards okay. as far as his progression, moving forward, getting rid of the ball, uh, you know, going through his reads and all of that. Uh, uh, he seems like he's having a few hiccups there right now. Yeah, it does. I, I'm, I have this question. So do you think, so my thought process going to this game, to your point, you're right. I, everything you said is correct. But I, I I was hearing, you know, you were hearing all the, the comments about, you know, Terry McLaurin coming out saying that, you know, he just had cardio the last game. And when I watch Sam Howell play, I don't, I like when he, he I think he has his best games when he is sharing the football. Where he is judicious yeah. with the football, and I know what we we all love. We all love like he is amazing. He is a you saw what he can do with limited quarterback play. We've seen it. He's to me, he's one of them. But I think Sam is better suited. Sam Howell is better suited where he's sharing the football, and not keying on one person. I felt like in this game, he was keying in on Terry McLaurin, where I just felt like if he was playing his type of game and not listening to the outside noise. Like he would be better. He would have had. He would have had a better game against the Rams. Do you agree or don't agree? Yeah, I think that when you look at Sam right now, and I, I hate hearing everybody. And like you said, Terry is a great receiver. I mean, yeah. not taking anything from Terry, but I think that when you try to force things in yeah. where it's not um, the 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 pass that you should have been throwing. There you go. Yeah. Because you heard all so much of the outside noise. Mm -hmm. Even my. Uh, Co-host with Tony McGee always said they got to get the ball to Terry more. Mm -hmm. uh, that's your playmaker. But if Terry is not open uh, yeah. and he's not the receiver open, and if you're forcing, and that's kind of what Sam did on Sunday, yeah. Rams yeah. mm -hmm. is that he forced the ball into areas that he should have held onto the ball and not let go because uh, he was trying to get it to uh, Terry and other receivers that wasn't open. Mm -hmm. So my thing is with, with Sam is is. He's not that veteran quarterback yet that yeah. can make plays, uh, you know, or read defenses. Because right now, yeah. uh, people are throwing everything at Sam's. They basically are saying, we're going to show you every kind of look, and we're going to see what decisions you make. And I think that's why you're seeing um, his production go down a little bit and his completions is because they're throwing everything at him. And he's overwhelmed, I think, right now as far as what they're – uh, putting on him and so for them to try to say hey you know terry needs to get the ball more and yeah. or, or or dotson needs to get the ball or this one if those receivers aren't the receivers that are open why are you trying to force it in there yeah. and Sam's 
not there. Maybe like maybe two or three years on down the road, yeah. once he gets used to the defensive, uh, you know, looks, maybe he can find Terry uh, on some of those plays. Jacoby, to me, is a seasoned veteran. Yeah. The reason why he was able to find Terry because he was able to get rid of the ball faster yeah. and to go through his progressions faster. Sam is not there yet. So people can't expect Sam to be that veteran quarterback that he's not right now. And for people to put the pressure on him to say, you need to get into Terry, the playmakers. Well, if the playmakers aren't open, all you're doing is putting more pressure on Sam and he doesn't need that. Yeah, I agree. I think when you're to me, when you're a young player, you got to let them do what they're comfortable in doing. Right. And I just watching that game and watching the highlights and watching some of the the clips, you know, going back and watching some of the clips and some of the, the tape, it just seemed like he was eyeing Terry. And 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 we watch games where we talk about Sam in a, in a in a bright spot, a bright way. The first thing we say is that he's he's sharing the ball with everybody. That like the Denver Broncos game, we said the same thing. The Patriots, uh, the Patriots game for the, that first half. The um, the what game comes to the Seattle Seahawks game. Like yeah. we were saying, he is sharing the football. But when he starts to I in on one person. I think that's just not his game. It's funny. It's wild because you have all-time great quarterbacks who don't like King and one person, like force feeding one yeah. person. Tom Brady is one dude who likes to share the football to whoever. Tom Brady will have a game where he just goes to his running backs. He is cool with that. Like, so Terry's great. We want him to get numbers. We want him to get, we want him, we want everybody to know how special he is. But at the same time, to what you're saying, I totally agree with you. Like where Sam Howell is at right now, it's better suited for him just to play his game. What that means for me, from 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 the body of work, if you're telling me when Sam Howe was playing good, he is judicious with the football. And and Wally, the other thing too that people got to remember, we got an offensive line that cannot hold water. Yes, I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, True. I mean, the offensive line to me has failed him this year, mm-hmm. uh, and and so Sam doesn't have the time to go through all his progressions. Say for instance, like. His progression where Terry does get open over the middle or he yeah. finds Terry. Well, if he's got people uh, in his face and also him being able to read defensive quickly and make those quick mm-hmm. decisions, he doesn't. To me, he's thinking too much right now. He wasn't thinking as much in the beginning of the season as he is right now. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that's part of his struggles. The offensive line, you know, not giving him the time. And, you know, there's some of they've got some of the bodies hurt right now which is going to be tough when they face the jets because the jets have one of the best defense uh, well let's not say the best but they've they got, got a good defense, a pretty good good defense. Yeah. so sam is going to have to deal with that and the fact that they don't run the ball they're having red zone problems where they can't punch it in i mean that was the thing that was furious about that rams game is several times they oh, had yeah, the but- ball with that the one yard line if you can't punch it in from the one yard line you don't need to be out on the field. And not only that, I can't understand why the play call is always run the ball up the middle. That is not where they're going to get that yardage mm. uh, or pick it up. They get stopped all the time trying to run up the middle in between those seams right there. Yeah. It's not going to happen. So it, 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 four times, I mean, thank goodness for penalties, but four times, five times, you run up that same middle most teams just dive over, get that, but not the commanders. So you, to me, it's not about passing. Go on the outside, those yeah. little screen passes, or, you know, try to punch it in from the outside, run it in wider, mm-hmm. the angle, because Wally, they ain't getting it up the middle. 
I mean, their offensive line in general is just trash. I mean, I don't know what you can do, to be honest he with you. He said trash. Like, did you hear what he said? He said, I said trash. trash. I didn't call them trash. I did. No, I, I did. No, 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 you're no, I know no, you you're cool. I call them trash. I just feel like we we know, like in turn, Donna, you've been covering this team. You cover some of the some of the greatest offensive lines, period, you know, for this team. And like I feel like when you run up the gut, because Joe, you run up the gut, you know, Joe Gibbs run up the gut. Like that's an attitude thing. And I know you're right. You want to go outside, but a yard and you can't punch it up the gut. That's a problem. Like that. I know you're right, and all everything you're saying is correct. Right. Like you keep doing the same thing. It's not working. Obviously, not good enough. And you don't have the personnel it, to do that. But it, sometimes it comes just just manning up. Like, man, up. Uh, it's a yard. They're not even asking you to get two yards. It's a, a yard. yard. A Four yard. Four times. I'm Four serious. times. A yeah, yard. So I don't get it, it. That's the thing that gets me. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, just like, it gets to a point with manning up. So we have this poll out there about if folks agreed with Rivera benching Sam Howe. Uh, 84% said no. Uh, 16% said yes. Um, so why, yeah. why did the 84% think that no, he shouldn't have been benched? I feel like, I, I feel like. I mean, I wasn't, I'm like, personally, I wasn't in favor of the benching, but because I feel like this is the thing, like, where are they going? It doesn't matter where they're going. It's the, yeah. Where they're going should be to win the game. So yeah. whoever is going to give you the best chances well, to win the game. We, yeah. we, well, let's go back to when uh, uh, quarterbacks have been benched. Mm-hmm. Not, not you know, I mean, when you look at and try to dissect this team, it's yeah. hard because of just how bad they've been. Yeah. But the bottom line is winning games. So if Jacoby gave you the best chance at that moment to, to, to win the game, being that Sam, it's not like Sam just started struggling in that particular game against the Rams because yeah. he was pretty bad. If you go back the last three games before the Rams games, he's been pretty bad. So for them yeah. to bench him at that moment, I don't have a problem because it happens all the time as far as if yeah. a quarterback is struggling, you switch him up. It's not like Sam okay. is going to be benched this week, but well, at that particular game, he needed to be benched. No, no, I, no it's a different, definitely a different time uh, because, you know, a lot of, you know, athletes are very fragile. So I get, and you're totally right. I guess I'm thinking, I'm thinking the fragile athlete, I am. I'm not gonna lie to you. Well, 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 well it's not so much Bali that that, that, that <laughs> Sam was fragile. I say, I say he's fragile, but I'm saying athletes in general now. Oh like, yeah, yeah. I mean, not him. Excited about practice. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard. Don't exactly. get me started on that yeah, one. Exactly. But, not saying because I like Sam. Sam. I think Sam is tough. I think Sam is tough. But go ahead. Yeah, but when you look at Sam in this particular game, he yeah. was not going to go forward in a positive way. So right mm-hmm. there, the the Rams were in his head. Well, when he threw that bad pass, that last one that got him set down, he 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 was rattled when and you think about this when you're playing in a basketball game and you mm-hmm. can't hit the sign of the barn, and no matter how much you shoot, they said shoot, True. keep shooting. Ain't nothing happening still. They said, Well, go in and try to make a layup. And that yeah. layup is, is clinging too. <laughs> yes, at this yeah, moment, yeah, it's all in your head at that. So you just need to kind of like take a step back. And this is the thing that uh, Coach Rivera said. With Sam sitting there and Jacoby being in, he was Mm -hmm. able to kind of like look at Jacoby, see what he's doing, take a step back from from, from what he was doing and kind of like get a Mm -hmm. a breath of air. I I think that that was good for Sam because 
it was so much pressure on him at that time and him putting it on himself that sometimes uh, I remember my coach uh, uh, sitting me down in practice, make put the third string. Can you imagine the third string? But you know what that <laughs> did for me? I said, you know what? I'm going to show him. And he was all in my ear going at me too. And I was like, oh, I'm going to show him. But, but what he was trying to do is I, I was putting so much pressure on myself that he was trying to relieve me. And that's, I think, is what happened with Sam. I mean, a lot of people don't think that he should have been pulled. And like you said, for what? Where are they going? What every, every, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's like uh, St. Jude said to me, I don't know about all the other players and whatever, but what I want to do is play the best possible game and, and, and mm -hmm. not show that I'm quitting and whatever. True. So I think it comes down to each individual assessing themselves and at that point, I think that that was one of the times that this team made the right decision. Okay, cool. I mean, I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm just, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm worried about players. No, you're cool. Your take is cool. I'm all about like, I'm, I'm always thinking about a player psyche nowadays. I said nowadays because I, you don't, you never know what people are about anyway. So in terms of, so for you, do you think that Sam, after the bench, do you feel that Sam is part of this team's future, or do you think now they, they're, they're thinking, they're thinking another way? Well, I think that you almost have to say we have to assess everybody that mm. right down to Sam. I, you know, yeah. I, I like Sam. I, everybody says, even Jacoby said that this guy has an upside to him. And I think that mm -hmm. is true. But does he fit uh, what the commanders need? This is the thing people got to realize. Does mm -hmm. he fit what the commanders need right now in order to turn this ship around quickly? Um, you know, you don't want it to take three or four years for this thing to turn around in the right direction. And what you've got to do is assess if Sam is that guy. Do you want to uh, uh, stay in the ring with him and let him, uh, you know, um, go through the progressions of, of, of grow, growing pains? Um, mm -hmm. Maybe he'll have a strong, maybe he hit, you know, uh, rookies, uh, you know, maybe he hit the, the you know, wall. The, the rookie wall. As mm -hmm. far as the rookie, maybe that's where he's at right now. But again, is he the right person with with the direction that ownership is trying to go? Do they want to, you know, uh, wait um, until he gets to that point? Because it could be two more years. It could mm. be one year or it could be three. We don't know. Oof. Do they have patience to want to wait that out or do they want quick results right now? And that's the thing is, can Sam give you the quick results come next year? Uh, if they don't keep an Eric B. enemy where he has mm. helped groom Sam and you then Sam has another person coming in here with another philosophy of, of things, will that set Sam back? Uh, so, mm -hmm. so it's a lot of things that's going to play into this is uh, I think it's key for Eric B. enemy to be here still if uh, to help Sam with what he started in moving him forward because you know wally when you get new coaches and all that mm -hmm. in and and that could be a setback for a young quarterback as sam howard so to answer your question i'm not for sure if he is the guy moving forward i like sam i like his yeah. toughness but at the end of the day can he move this team forward in the right direction quickly yeah i think he can but I, i'm with you though i think it works if they keep eb um, I think it's a perfect, I think it's a great mesh. Um, I feel like he'll learn a second year in this system because I feel like at the end of the day, if you were told, if you would ask a Commanders fan that 
this guy would be up there in, in, in passing in the, in the top 10 in the NFL. Now, like you said, his last three games haven't been the best. But if he, you know, with not having a good offensive line, um, being a rookie quarterback and putting up these numbers, you would say to yourself, wow, like I wouldn't expect that. I don't care anybody tells me. Like they wouldn't have said that. They wouldn't have told you that this would have happened. Um, they wouldn't expect it. But now, you know, since the season's played played out, people now have this whole different notion. So it is what it is. But I feel like to your point, year two can only be better, could be way 10 times better being under the system with an Eric Bieniemy, with a better offensive line, because you know they're going to upgrade with the money they have in the cap and the draft. So they're in a position to upgrade. So to me, like the smart thing would be like, yeah, to keep those two together. But we are we all know how the NFL works. It's about what have you done for me lately? And especially with a, with a fan base, it's like, what have you done for me lately? And, and you know what? I can't fault all the fans. I can't yeah. fault the fans. They used well, to get bad taste in their mouth for so long <laughs> that they don't want nothing but a good taste, and they don't care how it comes about. Right. But but the but the thing about Sam also is that you wanted him to finish strong. Yeah. I mean, he started off the season, you know, Pretty like good. you said, the the completion, the yardage leading yeah. that and that's just nothing that's not you can't take that lightly yeah. but but then you almost say if he had a good offensive line would he have been better i think he still would have struggled some because yeah. if you look at his his uh progressions as, as as far as him getting rid of the ball faster as far as uh surveying the field and all of those things picking up the the defense uh, you know, uh, what they're throwing at him right now that's got him a little rattled. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that you've got to consider all that. I would have loved to see Sam finish strong at the, the back end so I could really assess because yeah. I want to see what Sam does this week against the Jets with a good defense. They got the 49ers, that another good defense, and yeah. they've got Dallas. So all the things, um, you know, the, the teams that they're playing, would be good measuring sticks to find out what you have in Sam right now. But you got a beat up offensive line. You got re, uh, 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 the running game that to me hasn't ever gotten really going strong this year because they haven't used it enough. Yeah. And maybe that's because of the offensive line. But you, you, you're going to find out, try to figure out what you got all the way around. But this is the thing that going back to the receivers, Everybody is talking about Terry not getting the ball. And by far, this is not the type of year that he envisioned. But when you go across and look at his teammate, Curtis Samuel. He put him numbers. He had his best year. Yeah. So, so what are you saying right there? That they're, they're getting the ball to him and he's having the, the uh, one of his Somebody, best years yeah. coming to the commanders. So you can't kind of like fault Sam for not getting the ball to Terry because he got the ball to Somebody, you know, somebody, somebody, eating. somebody, somebody. Eating. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. That's what I'm, I'm, I totally agree with you. I feel like we get fixated on like, oh, we want this person to get the ball. Like we get too fixated on it. Like, Terry is your, Terry is your number one receiver. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, saying yeah. He's, he's your playmaker said you should be getting the ball to him. Yeah. Uh, but the thing about it is, is that if Terry is not open to get the ball, and sometimes it was Sam. I mean, you yeah, know, sometimes it was. You That's you the truth. Look at the fact that the reason why Terry's numbers are down for the most part is you got a rookie quarterback, a bad offensive line, yeah. and therefore numbers are going to be down. But on the other end, some players' numbers are up. Yeah. That's how it is. You get a comfort level with certain players. That's just what it is. Like, it's a fact. Like that's you part can tell, of that's part of football. Yeah, and some you can tell even. And some years is no, and it's cornerback. Yeah. 
who's putting that ball in your hand? So like, I, I, I'm like you. I like how Sam is spreading the ball around because yeah. I think that when you have multiple weapons on the field, um, uh, the running backs coming out the backfield, catching the ball, the wide yeah. receivers, Dotson hasn't had his year either because he's been missing uh, in games in and out, yeah. one game, big game, next day. I mean, you know what has happened to him in this offense also. I think it's a combination mm -hmm. of just what you have on offense. That's the reason why if I'm drafting anybody, and I've been saying this for the last five years, you're giving me offensive linemen. I yeah. don't care what quarterback is out there. Uh, I'm getting like three offensive linemen. Not one, not two, right, but so three. I'm not I ain't going to lie to you. I, I'm with you, Donna. So this is the – I am totally with you. But I will say there's just one guy, not quarterback. I'm not a quarterback. I'm, I'm going to say a linebacker, too. I know. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to lie to you. I do want a quarterback. Bad as I don't know what. Like I do. I mean, not quarterback. An offensive lineman. I want one. I want the kid from Penn State. Don't tell Lake I told you that. I want the kid from Penn State, right? But won't lie to you. There's this, and I'm a Michigan fan, so it hurts my soul. There's this man, Marvin Harrison's son. I'm telling you. Hey, I might have to take him. I'm you know, telling you, if he falls on in my lap, I'm. Ah, you know what? You know what? Say no. It is hard for me to say no. That's the I only can't. guy. If Marvin Harrison's son yeah, is on that board, I'm not passing him up either. Yeah, I'm, that's the only one. I'm everybody else. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna give you a side eye, but for that one, and if Marvin hey, Harrison's hey, son hey, is on the Wally, board, he ain't gonna be there. Wally, he ain't gonna be there. I know he shouldn't be there, but if he's there. I, I Donna, I swear. Well, if to the you. Commanders don't win another game this season. They Donna, might be. Yeah, they may have that. They third gonna play. be in front. They, he they, might be there. He might be there. That's what I'm like. <laughs> he might be there. So, hey, so Donna, real quick. Um, I, I mean, during that game, uh, long snap, snapper, uh, Cameron, Cameron Cheeseman had a horrible game. Like he got, he, he got, he got, he got Tress hurt. You know what I mean? And also, like to make it twenty, try to make it twenty-one, twenty-eight. He even fouled that up with a uh, with a low snap and. The, the kick was blocked because of his bad snap. So which resulted in score being 20 to 28. And he got cut. So he got cut for it. He got released. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on him even being drafted? Like, was that Ron? Because, you know, that's a Ron move. Like, Ron drafted up to get him. He traded hey, up to get him. Before they even had him, they had a good long snapper here sure already. Did. Sure and they did. didn't even keep him. He was consistent all the way across. Yep. And why, why they – uh, got rid of him. Yeah, I'm not over. understanding. So I think he retired. Guy, did he retire? Then he retired. Or yeah, but that was after the fact. But oh, what okay. I can understand is Cheeseman has struggled all year long yes. with, with yeah. bad snaps, high snaps, low snaps. Yeah. But this last one, it's funny that you say that because we were. I was out at the uh, practice today mm -hmm. and interviewing um, Tressway, and he was yeah. saying that he didn't think he was going to get up. He thought his brains were knocked out. Mm. You know, it was pretty bad. And, you know, Tressway has been your most consistent player mm -hmm. across the board all yep. season long. And you lose your, you know, your punter and, and, and your holder. That's key. And when he was laying on that turf and whatever because of a bad snap. And Cheeseman, trust me, you know, it's not like he he meant to to do that, but not it's at just, all. Not at all. He not has all. not been consistent all year, and mm -hmm. this is the thing too. When he was struggling earlier during the year, Coach Rivera said, "We're going to take a look at him, look at uh, long snappers and so forth." So yeah. uh, they didn't bring anybody in, and and it, the problem may have been corrected for one game, but then we saw it 
happen again, over and over again. And so even Cheeseman said after the Rams game and interviewing him, he said that if he was with other teams, he would have been already cut. So, so, you know, he's called, he's saying that he said, my play has been bad that other teams, if I was with another team, they would have cut me. So for the commanders to take this long, and we don't know how this new guy is going to shape up, you know, coming in here, but as, uh, Tressway say, you know, with that, with long snappers and whatever, this happens all the time. Come in, come out. But the guy that they had before, he was there for a long time. Yeah, he Nick Sunberg. Yeah, Sunberg. Yeah, yeah and not only the, yeah, Sunberg. And then the thing about it is when they got rid of him, he was still at the top of their game. Yeah, they just wanted he's still this the best. New guy. Yeah, they wanted a young dude. He was, the, he was still the best. He was still the probably well, one of the what best. what did that do for them? Yeah. Well, you know, what well, I mean. That, the mistake they made right there. I mean. Well, don't, don't worry. Another the mistake, one of those mistakes. Don't worry. The mistakes are about to end after after the last game of the season against the Cowboys. The mistakes are about to end. Them, the people making the mistakes. Well, well, hopefully, Wally, we don't create new one because well, this is the key thing: is they have to get the right general manager in here. They've got yeah. to get the right uh, head coach in here. I mean, I don't think that Martin Mayhew. Martin Mayhew had his his moments at, up in Detroit when he was there. Yeah. But I don't think that this uh, regime, this new coach, this new ownership, I think that they're looking to say we need to make changes because this is the thing with the Commanders. They do everything backwards when Dan Snyder was here. Yeah. When you when when you're picking your head coach, you first pick the general manager. No, and I'm saying so this. True. No so coach. True. No coach should ever be the head coach and general manager. That should be thrown out the door and never, uh, you know, that door opened again for no team across the NFL. But for the commanders, when they they always look for big names, and I hope this new ownership doesn't look for the big name uh, coaches, but they look for an innovative guy that can move this team, freshness in the right directions instead of these retreads over and over again. I will say this: You look at the track record uh, from Josh Harris with the six, with the Sixers, and if you look at what Magic likes to do, um, but I, I, I will do Josh Harris example for the Sixers. They do tend to get like notable coaches. Like you look at the Sixers, they got Doc, they got Doc Rivers. And how did uh, that work out? I'm I'm just giving you I'm I, I'm, I'm just, just giving you no, I'm with you. Out? Now they got look now they got Nick Nurch and Nick Nurch he went he won a championship in Toronto. I think they like proven commodities. I'm just saying that's what they like. I just feel like that's what he that's what his track record says. I'm not saying it's going to be the same, but it seems like that's his track record. He's like, and even no, I, I understand about the proving the mm-hmm. proven uh, mm-hmm. uh, coaches, yeah. mm-hmm. but the thing about it is proven, but not in the dark ages. Yeah, true. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm God, look at I'm some of you. the look, and Wally. If you look at the the assistant coaches that are uh, the commanders look looked uh, let go. And that they're around the NFL. Sean McVay, you got uh, Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Green Bay. Uh, you uh, you got um, Cal Shanahan with the 49ers. And look what those guys have done with the program. And I just named those four. Uh, four but mm-hmm. look what those guys that this commander's team could have had one of those guys. And we might be talking about uh, a team that's going to the playoffs instead of sitting at home again. True, so true. So, John, let's go, let's go to Sunday real quick. Uh, this Sunday, the commanders travel to New York to take on the Jets. I'm sure you're going to be there. So, so Ron said Sam is like you mentioned, Sam is still the starter. How long of a leash do you think Sam, Sam Howell's in that in that uh Jets game? How long is his leash? Um, you know what, with this, 
I'm just saying. With this coaching staff, I don't know because they could leave him in for the whole duration. You know why I say that? Because they don't have anything to play for. So Coach Rivera may just say, I'm leaving him in for the duration because he doesn't want to hear anybody talk about Jacoby Bissett should right? be in there. Know, See, he I doesn't know. want that controversy to say Jacoby should be starting for the rest of the season and Sam should be set down. But for if, if Sam is their future, they've got to let him play. I mean, play this out. But I'm telling you, if he's struggling, I mean, this is just me. Yeah. If he's struggling in that second quarter, that when we come out at halftime, Guess what's who's going to be out, uh, in the, in behind the center? It's going to be Jacoby, right? Exactly, and that's what I would do. <laughs> we already know. I already know how you roll, Donna. You don't. You cutthroat. I already said that. You cutthroat. Oh, you no, no, no. I'm still trying to win. I know the fans said, "Hey, no, we just want to like four games this year. We trying to win. We want one more before they get blown out by other with three hey, other you teams. You know what? <laughs> I, I'm trying to win three more games, and and I don't care about the draft selection, putting ourselves in better because. I don't like to lose, so I'm not trying to go like out there either. to I, I position myself to, for the draft. I'm trying to win every game that I possibly can, so I'm going to put the best personnel in, you know, and the defense, oh, we didn't even talk about the defense, and the defense did play a little bit better, but mm -hmm. they given up that big play that, you know, that big play every game is uh, somebody is wide open running free, and then they play off the receivers too much. They give them five to ten yards cushion, all the time, they don't already have a first down with that much cushion. <laughs> their defense is trash. Wally, too. Come on, their defense is trash too. Don't get me started on the defense, Donna. Donna, we can go forever because I can't stand the defense. All right, so Don, hey Don, thanks for being on. Before I let you go, how can our well, listeners? Monte is Monte Sweat is is balling up in Chicago. You said it. You said it, not me. <laughs> Different system. <laughs> hey, still balling. He's still the leading. He's still the leading sack. Uh, uh, for the commanders, too. Yeah, I know, I know, because it's been trash. Oh, two hills better than all of them. Yeah, take that with a grain of salt. Anyway, how can folks, how can folks listen to your content on Madison? Check out your podcast and catch you on social media. Yeah, uh, uh, Mid Atlantic Sportsnet Madison every Wednesday and Friday at ten thirty p.m. Every Saturday at nine a.m. You can catch Tony, myself, and all the crew, and then our podcast. We come on every Thursday. See, I'm trying to put Tony, you know, kind of helping him out because he's still trying to have that hope. But you can catch us uh, with our podcast in the minute, YouTube and also our podcast channel, wherever you listen to your podcast. And then you can follow me on, uh, um, yeah. what, what is it, Twitter? No, no, wait, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for you. Like, follow Donna on X. Donna Hopkins underscore and IG at DJ Hop, DJ Hop 32. DJ Hop oh. 32. There See, you go, Wally. I got you. I got you. Like, I got you. I got I got. I got you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm, I told you, I'm going to plug you regardless. Hey, Donna. He's making me do X even yeah. more so. Exactly. Exactly. I be, I, I be, I be on Donna for, for this. I be he does. On her. He does. All right, Donna. Thanks for being on. Appreciate you. It's always good. All right, Donna. Take care. See ya. See ya. All right, Donna Hopkins, man. Donna's awesome. I think our next guest is in the building. I mean, speaking of, let's see, speaking of, well, I'll say this. Well, the commanders cannot talk about postseason because they're trash, right? Because they're mathematically eliminated. But HBCU's postseason was in action last Saturday. So I'm going to introduce our next guest. All right. So right now, let me introduce my guest, 
uh, so we could talk Celebration Bowl. Right now, we are joined by HBCU announcer and analyst Jamie Walker. What's going on, Jamie? Not much, man. How you feeling? I'm good, man. Good. I'm glad. I'm happy to talk to you, man. That game was so dope. Like I went that game. The game was great, man. Hold up. It's like we're going in and out. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I can hear you now. Is that me? Did I freeze? Yeah. Okay, sorry, Jamie. So that game was so that game was something special. So your thoughts on the game? Man, my thoughts was that um how it came out to play early on, yeah. man. Larry Scott had them prepared, but they were a limited squad, uh, yeah. a limited offensive squad. And I think when you're limited, especially when you're one-dimensional mm-hmm. offensively, um, definitely had a great power running game. But that passing game was, um, you know, left a lot to be desired. So yes. uh, I think that's really the tale of the game. And, and, and fam, you was a talented bunch, man. So you're talking about uh, receivers all around the field, dealing with that Florida speed and yes. Jeremy Musa playing quarterback. Um Definitely did his thing, even though he started out rough. Yeah. Give credit to that Howard defense for for keeping him in check early. But it was just a matter of the talent really just rising to the top of the end. Yeah, and I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, like we're talking Celebration Bowl, uh, Howard Howard fell to uh, FAMU uh, 30 to 26. So, Jamie, you mentioned – I'm glad you mentioned Howard's defense. I thought their defense was amazing, to be honest with you, to start the game. Um, just knowing that, like you said, FAMU's high-powered offense. You already had, you know, the player of the year in the swag and, and, and Musa's like out there, and and he started off shaky. But Howard's defense, I thought, did enough for them to win the football game. But like you said, the offense within – I mean, he's a kid, so I'm not going to like throw his name out there. But the offense struggled, and we know why it pretty much struggled. But I felt that like in that first half, Howard squandered a good opportunity to win the football game because they could have really put their – their their foot on the next of FAMU, just the way the game started. Uh, but that felt like that last the last drive of the first half when they when um uh Will Williams threw the interception on fourth down and how they converted like obviously how the how the DB converted and put them back in plus territory would made them made them made it able for them to get get a field goal to kind of to cut that lead to 16 to 10. But your your thoughts, where did you feel like that game swayed for FAMU? Wow. I, you know what? Crazy enough, I think the game swayed when they got that first trick play um, mm. in that was called back. Okay. Um, the 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 um, reverse pass that Musa actually caught, yeah. but mm-hmm. was but was actually called, um, you know, called back due to holding. Yeah. And I think what it showed was uh, FAMU's ability to be able to go downfield um, despite, you know, everything going on. Uh, how was defense, the front seven especially, uh, Dan Brokenberg, at yeah, defensive end, defensive mm-hmm. tackle position, linebackers were playing well early. Mm-hmm. But I think the one Achilles heel was the 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 secondary for yes. Howard. Um, could not defend the deep ball at all. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, had Jeremy Musa been able to complete those balls early, mm-hmm. you may have seen a different score. Um, with, with with that secondary, so you know we're looking forward to you know Kenny Gap, Kenny Gallup, and others being able to defend those receivers. But again, mm-hmm. you're talking about a lot of different receivers that could catch balls. Although they yeah. kept um, you know Marcus Riley, who is a huge player for FAMU, in check the entire mm-hmm. game. I think the secondary it wasn't necessarily their finest hour either. So mm-hmm. I think that's where the game turned because it showed that fam you could have the ability to throw the ball downfield and you saw some of that in the second half but it was crazy it went totally opposite the way i thought the game would actually go 
I had FAMU winning. Yes. Um, but but I didn't I think so. I thought they had to run the football to actually um to win this game instead of kind of doing it the way they did. Oh, did you? You thought FAMU had to run the football to win the game? Well, yeah. If if you looked at Howard, if you looked at the numbers, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. in a lot of the games they lost, they came into um this game six and five. Mm-hmm. lost a lot of close games. But yeah. if you look at the way that teams got back in the games when they were leading, they ran the football. Yeah. They continued to kind of go with their plan and ran the football on this defense. So I thought, fam, you with that three-headed monster with Jennings, Yant, um, and even um, Dean. Um, Dean, the yeah. kid that ended up getting, getting the, the offensive MVP. Yeah. I thought that was kind of the key to what they would do going into this contest. But give credit to the tight end, Young, Musa, and – you end up seeing Dean catching the football instead yes, of running the yards, football. yards, recept- every eighty-seven yards reception of reception. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So that's how they end up winning this ball game. Yeah, speaking of young, I thought young. I even thought like fam, you made big plays even when you know they were trying to capture momentum. I, I, like that fourth down play, the young up the middle on the scene from Musa, the, Musa the young. I thought that was a big play. I, to your point, though, I do think that I know. I just speaking about Howard squandering opportunities. I do think that if how if uh. Fam, you if Musa was hotter in that first half because he missed a lot of easy passes. I mean, a lot of passes where could where it could have blew the game wide open. Um, because the receivers were to me where they were getting open constantly. It's just absolutely missing. He was just missing a little bit. Yeah, they were running free, man. It was one of those things where uh, all year they've been dynamic, but FAMU was a second-half team going into this anyway, and you know, averaging you know over thirty points a game. Um, that offense, it was just a matter of time. I wasn't, you know, necessarily worried about um, because it was a lot. To, and I asked, you know, Coach Willie Simmons this after the game, was the time uh, factor as far as the, the the preparation? And he just said no. And they were the more talented team yeah, um, simply because they were more balanced to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Musa was the, the, the offensive player of the year in the yeah, swag. Right. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they just had pieces all over the field, whereas Howard and that power running game, um, you know, Eden James and, and company were able to run the football, and he did well, but I don't think they gave him the ball enough. Man, and- thank you. You said it for me. You already said it for me. You already said it for me because I've been – go oh, continue. Just continue. continue. No, I don't, I don't think they gave him the ball enough, uh, quite frankly. And as an offensive play caller, um, I can kind of understand when a team is one dimensional and you need that other dimension to kind of open up your running game. But I think he ended up with 12 carries to 57 55, yards. 50, yeah, like 55, 57, 55, I believe. Yeah. So I don't think he was fed the ball enough. But, you know, at the same time, you know, I understand how that could go. You've been kind of sharing the wealth all year. Yeah. That's but the thing. I think you feed Eden James in this championship game and let him. Yeah. I do think you kind of, there's, there's things in the game where I look at for them. And I'm like Eden James, and it's it's wild because I've, oh, I've I've had this discussion about him and how he's used like that throughout the season with Howard. You know what I mean? Like they because he's their dy- he's a dynamic player for them, but they do have this by committee, like this running back by committee squad, and and it's worked right. They've gotten to the, they gotten this far, but he I think for a team when you're playing against an explosive team like Fam U, I think you got to put all your guns out there. Like these he's he's a guy that can get you the home run play. He's the guy that can get you those big chunk yards where you may not be able to get in the pass game, but he can give you he can give you that type of play on the ground. And every run, it just seemed like like his father. He was he was leaning forward. It wasn't like the guy with him and he would hit him early, but he would still find a way to trickle and get a, a couple more yards. So I just felt like having him on the field a little bit more would have probably made their offense a little bit more dynamic. 
Absolutely, but they did go to what they've been doing all yeah. year, mm-hmm. uh, which, which was, you know, using the complimentary backs, um, you know, Wheeler, um, you know, even Hawthorne in the backfield as well yeah. um, in, in the Wildcats. So it was one of those things that they've done what they've, you know, been accustomed to doing all year. But I think that passing game um, just wasn't yeah. good enough in this game to actually give you some kind of complimentary football. So, you know, when you only throw for 106 yards in the, in the contest, you know, that's really hard to stop. And give credit to that FAMU defense yeah. as well. Isaiah Major and others, um, you know, what they call the dark cloud defense, you know, they did well, um, you know, to to contain that running game enough to, to have to, you know, make Howard rely on that passing game. And that's not something they've done all year. I'll even go back to Howard against North Carolina Central. Yeah. They ran the football. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't let, you know, Quentin Williams and others, you know, their passing game was complimentary to what they were doing in the power running game. Yeah. And he was able to get the ball on the outside and, and really give credit to that brain trust the entire year. Because how what Howard did was simplify the playbook for Quentin Williams. Quentin Williams is is a quality quarterback within reason. Um, yeah. He's not going to be one of those guys that you're going to have throw 50 times a game. Um, and that's not what he does. So when he's at he's at his best when he can kind of supplement what the running game is doing. And once that kind of is is you know you know bottled up, you know he's not as effective. So real quick, like um, who calls this play? I'm going to play this clip. Who calls this type of play? Like who does this? For the injured Jones, play flicker. flicker. Got his man. That open is Jamario Sharif. Willie Willie Simmons got got some like who calls that like when you're down and you you're down you're down for a winning drive who calls a flea flicker who does that he's a freaking <laughs> madman um man look it, yes he has them he has those um but also man Willie Simmons has been a dynamic play caller um since he's been in college football even as a player when he was at Clemson you know moved on to the Citadel he's been that guy. And that's kind of what I was worried about going into this ball game because he, he wears that name shotgun across his chest yeah. because he loves throwing the football. But going into this game, I really thought leaning on that running game with getting the victory, but getting them back into it, they had to throw the football. And they didn't, you know, try to go downfield. I even think the throws they had downfield loosen up the intermediate areas. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, with, with, with Willie, I think, you know, he talked about it before this game and his ability to kind of change up what was doing and ride the high hand, and I think he proved that in this game. But as far as calling that play in the time he does, down two points, you're talking about five minutes and 46 seconds left, and, and you know, this is for it all. Yeah. Hey, it takes guts. Yes. Guts, real guts to do that. So kudos to him, kudos to Musa. He said they had it in their heads. It never worked in practice according to him. Mm-hmm. So that just t- tells you even more how much confidence he had in, in really his entire offense to be able to pull that off. It's crazy because usually when you're a better team, you don't really result to trick plays often. Like you just like you just going you just going to beat them, right? And I'm sitting there thinking like, "All right, you did Philly special. You try to run the, the Philly special. Then you run the flea flicker." I'm like, "Oh man, like and you going to do it there?" Like I was impressed. I was like, "Dang, like th- this is the play you're going to run in this situation." Cause you know, so many things can go wrong in a flea flicker, right? You know, you flip it like you try to flip it back, it's a bad flip, it could be a fumble, or the running back gets hit. There's so many things that can go wrong if the defensive line pursues and hits pressure, but it worked. The man, like you said, he's a mad science. 
scientist. He is a and, mad scientist. I, I would beg, I, I would beg to say he's definitely the best play caller um, so. in the SWAC. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, um, you know, amongst FCS coaches um, in general, uh, because he, I think he just understands his talent and kind of goes with that. If you look at the quarterbacks he's had um, over his tenure at um, at, at Florida A and M, you know, you've had Ryan Stanley, who was a you know a pocket passer. Um, you know, you had, you know, Bashan McCray who, uh, or Rashawn McKay, who, who's, you know, been kind of mixed, you know, had used mobility, but he kind of scaled it down for him to be successful. And then you're talking about Jeremy Musa, who, you know, essentially came in and took that spot from McKay mm-hmm. and, you know, started becoming that downfield passer that he likes. And, you know, Willie has called you know, plays for all of them. So give him give him credit for his ability to be able to recognize the talents of his of his signal caller and kind of cater the offense towards that. So speaking of speaking for FAMU, like they're losing a lot of players. What do you think the change is going to be for the program next season? You know what? I talked to their recruiting coordinator after the game, uh, Coach Respice, and mm-hmm. and you know he is. They have a system um, mm-hmm. already. You know, if you know college football, there are some places that you go get players from. Of course. Yeah. Um, you go get players from the West Coast. Go get players from Texas. You go get players from Florida. He's mm-hmm. right there in the hotbed mm-hmm. of it all. Yeah. But what Coach told me was they identify Power 5 players who showed some, some things mm-hmm. but look for another change, and particularly from the state of Florida. He said they get them in, they talk to them, they love on him. They show him that here's a Marquise Bell who's playing for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. Um, you know, Isaiah Land who's playing mm. for the Indianapolis Colts and tell them they can make it from anywhere. And they literally can. Here's the proof, his recent proof. So when you're talking about the recipe, they get those that in-state talent, that, that homegrown talent, foster that talent from the high schools, but also identify players who's looking for a change that want to make it to the next level and they've proven they can make it from fam you. And there it is. Mm. It's, an, it's, it's, it's a good problem. And you got a court and plus you got the, you got an offensive minded coach who can draw plays like that. It makes it pretty attractive to be honest with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, his experience is really on all levels of football mm-hmm. gives him, um, I would say not just a coaching advantage, but just an advantage of being able to speak to the mindset of these players that want to make it to the next level and also be able to discuss just football in general, along with the support of the school. That's a great combination for them to be successful in the swag going forward. So like you, you were at the game, obviously you were covering it. Your thought, I have, I have thoughts on the officiating, your thoughts on the officiating. You know what? On both sides, it, though. Not on just on both sides. I'm, I'm no, no, no. Crazy. This is what's crazy. Yeah. Fam, you got a bunch of calls that they're not accustomed to getting now. Okay. If you if you pay any attention to to Twitter or 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 X, whatever you want to call to. it, just social media in general, <laughs> when they hate swack officiating. Okay. Um, and I'm talking about all the teams talk about it okay. as like this this you know urban legend. That the swag officiating is not necessarily up to snuff. They just hate yeah. it. I think it took a while for them to get accustomed to the way that I think this crew was from the Mountain West yeah. or the Mac, one of them, to get accustomed to this crew. Okay. So I think some of the things that they were accustomed to doing, maybe in in swag play, they had to get you know used to how it was going to be called because mm-hmm. you saw a lot of mistakes early. 
and people were complaining about it. But I'm telling you, if you look at it, because where we were in the booth, Mm -hmm. of course, we're looking at it live, but we also are able to see the actual television broadcast. They can identify exactly what they're doing immediately. Yeah, those holds were there. Those things were there. Sometimes it was called maybe behind the play or whatever, but it actually happened. So I think that that's uh, I think this is probably the better officiated game that they. Um, but. Yeah, they 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 call some things in some really crucial time. Yeah. Some calls go in some really crucial. Yeah, that's time. the one. That's what got me. It's like it was something in between, or some critical ones and in between, like some face masks. I was like, that's yes. a blatant face mask, and like, how do you they not missed call a couple it? on how? I mean, yeah. on uh, on fam, you fam against how? Yeah, yeah, and also like, and some, and I think Howard. They, I think they missed one for Howard too. Howard on fam, you. Um, mm-hmm. but also. Like to me, all right. So this the, the special teams play when the with, with uh returner got spirit in the back um mm-hmm. for Howard. I thought the kids should have been kicked out the game. Like, am I the only one? Like, I felt like like he knew that he was I felt like he he had time to adjust, like he had time. <laughs> it was a it, you know what's wild because mm-hmm. I think people don't know that rule mm-hmm. in particular. It's for player safety. Even yeah. if, it's a, if it's a muff, they give it, you know, if yeah. they give themselves up, you can't hit them. Yeah, yeah. Um, what ends up happening, I think it was a good compromise call. Okay, okay. Because I think you could have kicked him out. Yes. But I think in knowing and you're running full speed, trying to make a tackle mm-hmm. and trying to decide whether or not you should you should do this or not, the hit was, was it, it was ugly. Don't get me wrong. Ugly, and man. you very well could have called targeting. But I think in a championship game, they didn't want to make that call and kick right. a kid out that was, you know, you know, trying to make a football play. So it could have gone either way. Okay. Well, I, I respect your, I respect your answer. Cause I was like, I looked at it and I was like, oh, and I was just looking at it just like, ooh, cause that kid could have got like really messed up on that play. And I was yeah, absolutely, play. he could have really got messed up on the play. Um, but I, I, I'm with you. I mean, you were there, so I'll give you, I'll give you all. All the flowers. I give you all the credit over me. I won't even lie to you because I'm like initially I was like, uh oh, like, yeah, that ain't look good. But um, so obviously, like to me, this is like the to me the this is like the Super Bowl for HBCUs. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to downplay anybody's like other in Division Two. I'm not trying to downplay anybody's other you know bowl. But I'm just saying this is like the bowl that's televised that gets all the attention, right? Um, so do you think? it's time to open up other HBCU conferences for the Celebration Bowl, like maybe a playoff system or something like that. So they get intent, get that, that attention within the Celebration Bowl or you're fine how everything is right now. I saw the poll mm-hmm. uh, that, that was put up. I voted yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, I think that you could – I think it's time to add the Division twos to the same right, weekend. Yeah. Um, I, I think that would be – um, something that would be great as far as the championship if they were willing not to play the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, there have been some successful Division II teams um, that have gone. If you look at the Bowie States under um, Damon Wilson, you know, they've gone, you know, far. Uh, Winston-Salem mm-hmm. State under when Connell Maynard was there, um, you know, were, made it, you know, to the championship game. Mm-hmm. So I think there's been some successful playoff teams in the Division twos, but I think they're few and far between. So mm-hmm. if they were willing to have something like that, like back in the day, the Heritage Bowl, and have that within the same weekend, sure. I think it would be phenomenal. Um, I also think it could it could be some room 
to expand the celebration ball a little bit. I think, you know, as much as, as ratings were talked about um, within the last couple of days, as far as the numbers and viewership, I always think evolution could come to play. I don't think the teams, I don't think it was the teams at all because no, yeah. it was compelling for me. Yeah, it was. For a lot of people, whole, though. For a lot yeah, of people, I, though. Absolutely. And I think, especially with two new teams being in it, I think it was it was very compelling as a football fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that time slot for a while was occupied by just us. Yeah. And you had some other bowls happening this weekend. You had an NFL game going mm-hmm. on. So I think there's some things that you could factor in as far as the numbers were concerned. I don't think it had anything to do with Howard or FAMU. But mm-hmm. I think I think now as you see that, there are some things you might want to try from a business standpoint mm-hmm. to kind of maybe um, grasp more attention to that weekend. Because I've always said about the Celebration Bowl, it should be a celebration of all HBCUs, so so and true. that's how it should be marketed. Yeah, and, and so when you have that in, because I know as an AT grad, I was definitely in the building. Uh, mm-hmm. I was covering it, mm-hmm. and I saw a lot of you know, you know, folks from other schools there. So I think mm-hmm. that's how it should be marketed in general. But I think you know, um, adding the Division Two flavor in there, making that a championship, making it a, a championship celebration weekend would be phenomenal if it could ever happen. But you know, we, we'll see. I think those John Grant um, and others who, you know, bring this game together, um, I think they'll get that together and, you know, have some different things that they can do. And, and I think, you know, like anything, um, you know, evolving is a good thing. Definitely, definitely. And, and referencing the poll, uh, 48 in terms of having other conferences uh, partake in the Celebration Bowl, 52% said no, 48% said yes. So, yeah, I mean, I just think that one – I think the NFL definitely hindered the hindered that that it does that for everything. So like the NFL hurts the NBA in terms of Christmas Day games when they had that had it on a Christmas Day. So I don't think that I think the low the ratings the ratings talk when you have the NFL game. I think we need to kind of like understand that that takes precedence a lot when it comes to anything anything on TV anything on TV. All right. So but I, I've had friends who didn't go to I went to HBCU. I had friends who didn't go to HBCU. So like that game was fire. Like that, that I saw that on social media. And so I was like, all right, well, you know, if you sat down and watched it, you appreciated it. Most definitely, man. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's just compelling football in general, man. I know over the last couple of years they talked about and the Dion effect is a real thing. Yeah. But I don't necessarily know if it contributed to the ratings towards this in general. Mm-hmm. Because I think the higher ratings were even, you know, I think the first Alcorn um AT game. Or the Grambling game was had even more it had even higher ratings. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't necessarily that. But I think like everything else, when you factor in the NFL, that's why they're king when it comes to sports and, yeah. and ratings. You know, they'll look at a a, a horrible NFL game way um, before anything. Way before anything. anything. So it, it just is yes. what it is. Yeah. Um, and it's always been that way. So, you know, we we'll see what happens, but you know, it's it's always an interesting question of who you include in these mixes. And like I've always said, even as a like I said, an ANC grad, I don't think they should be included mm-hmm. um within that mix as far as the football is concerned. Yeah. Um I know we got some people that are talking about the band. I think that's something else entirely. Yeah. But I think as far as the football is concerned, no. No, it, it is a celebration. Um, it is a, you know bringing together of the two HBCU conferences yep. that play FCS football, the MEAC yep. and the SWAC. And I think yep. that should, you know, that should, you know, be all that's included. Now, whether or not you expand what that playoff looks like, 
um, in relation to maybe expanding to a four-team playoff to see who gets to it. Um, I think that would be phenomenal, but it would just be even more MEAC or SWAC squads, not anybody else. Totally agree. Hey, Jamie, this has been dope, man. Appreciate you being on. Before I let you go, do you want to plug anything? Uh, have, no one, how folks can catch on social media, whatever you want to plug, the floor is yours. Man, look, you can catch me on on X at uh, Sport Voice JW. You know, I'm a, I'm a sports announcer, so wherever um, I'm doing a game, primarily football or uh, uh, All-Star Showcase, you might see me uh, on those as well. But on Instagram and X, Sport Voice JW. Hey, Jamie, thank you so much for being on. We appreciate you, my man. No problem, man. Appreciate y'all. All right, man. Have a blessed one, all right? You too. All right. Man, I guess Jamie Walker, man. HBCU anal- uh, analyst and also announcer, man. Jamie is dope, man. Yeah, if you didn't watch Celebration Bowl, Celebration Bowl was, was, was torch, man. That thing was amazing, amazing football um, at the highest level, man. Those kids from those kids from uh, Howard and FAMU, they put it out there on the line. Uh, it was great football, man. Definitely great football. Winning on our next guest. So we're going to keep shooting the breeze. This has been a good show. Donna was dope. Talking about the commanders. You know, I... There was so much I wanted to talk to Donna about the Commanders. Um, it's just this team hasn't hasn't looked good. I actually think like, and I actually put this poll out there on social media. Um, it was more of who, which team between the because Washington's playing, they're playing the Jets. Which team is more? Which team has a better future, like the Jets or the Commanders? And kind of like I, I voted the Commanders. Because I feel like the the draft setup, the draft, and also some of the players they have on the squad kind of set and, and getting a new coach kind of sets them up to have a better future than the Jets because the Jets are like linked to Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers can do whatever. He has freedom of freedom on that squad. So I'm like the commander. So if you're listening to the show, if you're a commanders fan, if you who do you think has like the brighter future of the sorry teams Sunday? the Jets or the commanders. I'm in favor of saying the commanders, but I don't know if I'm being biased though. I feel like I'm being biased of picking like the Jets. I mean, picking the commanders. Cause I do feel like the Jets have a better defense. So like, like, and I feel like it to me, defenses win championships. So like the Jets are one, like the Jets should be my, like should be the team. Right. I don't know. I kind of feel like the Jets should be. But now, now I think about it because the Jets have they got Garrett Wilson. They have that. They have they have Sauce. That they have Quentin Williams. Yeah, it looks like it could be the and the Washington. Washington would have next year. I mean, Cam Curl isn't signed. They don't Sam Howe. I like Sam Howe. I mean, the quarterback situation. I feel like, but they have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is healthy. Like I don't care how old he is. He's Aaron Rodgers. This is tough, man. This is really tough. I'm really trying to think think about this. I don't know. This is real tough. I'll go with I, yeah. I'll, I'm sticking with I'm sticking with commands. We actually had the poll up there too. Let me check out the poll. We had a poll about that said question. Uh, let's see. I'm doing all this while I'm waiting. And actually, I can wait for our guests. Let's see. What what did the poll say? The poll said, no, not highlights. Poll, poll, poll. Oh, here you go. Yeah, here you go. Better team in the future. 87% said the commanders, 13% said the Jets. Oh, y'all tripping. All right, we got actually, we got 
HBCU comments though. So let me read some HBCU comments on our about having other teams partake in the celebration bowl. Uh Jared Hoffman on on X said, hear me out on the same day as the SWAC championship game, have the MEAC champion play whoever has the better record between Tennessee State, North Carolina, and T Hampton winner goes to the celebration bowl. I like that one. I just think I kind of I feel like everybody should, I feel like they should include other other uh HBCU teams, HBCU squads to the uh to the celebration bowl. Like, hey, I think my 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 uh guest is here. Kind of hold on. I think my guest is here. I can see him. All right, he's in the queue. But before I interview uh introduce my guest, uh let me maybe play his highlight, you know, from his last fight. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let me play this highlight. The body by Gary Antoine Russell. He's bullying Ken Cruz. Cruz goes down in the first. Is almost with laser-like accuracy targeting Kent Cruz. Oh, down goes Cruz again on a vicious body shot. This one is over. 17 fights, 17 wins, 17 knockouts. All right. So you heard that, right? You heard you heard what you heard what the announcer said. 17 fights, 17 wins, 17 KOs. Let me introduce one of the baddest junior welterweights in the game from Capitol Heights, Maryland. Gary yeah. Antoine Russell. What's yeah. up, my man? And welcome back to the Urban Sports Scene. Hey, hey. How you hey, feeling, well, man? Thanks for having me. You see man, me? I'm over here trying to. I see you, bro. <laughs> uh, I'm over here like, hey, I see. Like, I see. Gonna pop up, but you popped up on me. It's all, right. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. So, your last fight was against man. First off, man, how you doing, bro? And how's everything going? How's life? Uh, man, I'm pulling through strong. You know, it's always going to be some trial and error here, here and there. You know, some mm. obstacles in the road, but that's part of life. Life going to keep on life. And True. I tell you that. True. No you know, but we pull it through strong. All of us, me and my brothers. I love it, man. I love it. Always prayers up to y'all. You man, y'all some dope people. Um, so for your last fight, your last uh fight was against Kent Cruz. You played the clip at MGM up at Oxen Hill, uh, where you got him out of it. As we saw, you got him out of there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So what you what have you been up since since that fight? What you been up to since the fight? Training and real estate, you know. Okay. Family things, trying to just build more um personality within okay. myself, you know, because like I say, adversity is something that's that's something that everybody needs, you know. Yeah. Uh change is the only thing that's constant in life. So all of these things is just coming our way, coming my way. I gotta have a sense of adversity. And I'm just dealing with it, you know, building building character, basically. But definitely staying focused because you, you heard the transition from a lot of these boxing streams going over to Amazon and stuff yeah. like that. So I don't know how things really going to materialize, I you. but I, I know this sport alone is an all-year-round sport. So yeah. it's like stay ready so you don't have to get ready. That's when the training comes into play. I'm always training, always ready, so I won't have to get ready. But outside of boxing, life outside of boxing, you got the real estate. So I'm trying to deal with the real estate, trying to buy some condos and stuff like that. Oh, get okay. some tenants in there. Okay. And et cetera. Okay. You know, so I can have some residual income. That's, oh, that's pretty much that. 
No, that's cool. Like one of my boys who played uh, in the league, he did the same thing. So it's it's a good look, bro, to do that. It's smart. It's, it's real smart. smart, bro. Real smart. For real. So like we spoke after the fight um, against Cruz and you told us mm -hmm. that you, you you wanted to see uh, Regis progress. Uh, progress recently got defeated, was defeated by Devin Haney. Do you still... Do you still want to see progress, or do you have something, some a bigger target in your mind, uh, in terms of your next, your next, the next person you want to see? Me personally, I wouldn't want to see him. Gotcha. But for the sport of boxing, for the for the sport itself, it's like he's a, a action packed fighter, mm -hmm. you know. And I believe that if he was to get in there with the right opponent, it'd be more exciting than it would be mm. versus him and Devin Haney. Gotcha. Devin Haney, that would he did the smart thing. You know, he, mm -hmm. he he was victorious. He won victoriously, clean. You know, he kept his distance, but he saw that he wasn't trying to take any risks. Of course not, yeah. You know, he was just trying to play it extremely safe to the point the fight was just born. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's one of my, my main arguments lately. That's been one of my main arguments. Like, come on, you got guys that's been doing this for a long time. What is the honor for the sport? I mean, of course, the Marcus Queensbury of the sport is to hit and not get hit. But mm -hmm. when you say that you're on a different level, you should be able to have all of the attributes versus just being a, a, a stick and move type of boxer, like a, a fighter. Mm -hmm. You know, you should have everything. You're supposed to be a, a well-rounded package. You should be a puncher boxer. Mm -hmm. You should be able to brawl. You should be able to think, be a technician. You know what I mean? You're supposed to have all these attributes versus just you being one dimensional. I never seen Devin Haney just like lock his hands and catch, catch fire in between, or just be like a punch of boxes timing them mm, and mm -hmm. getting the guy's attention or wobbling the guy or putting them out by that by any chance. Manny, all his fights been touch, touch, catch, catch, touch, 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 mm -hmm. run, move, touch, mm -hmm. move, you know, try to mimic Floyd Mayweather, mm -hmm. you know, but you got. UFC fighters, you got YouTubers coming over to boxing, trying mm. to be the main attraction. Like that's this that's kind of like disrespectful to me. Facts, facts. You talk yeah. about that though. Talk about that though, real quick. I'm 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 annoyed by that. Like UFC dudes and like and, or <laughs> or social media personalities trying to be like boxers. Like you talk about that real quick before we we jump into the next topic. But because that okay. annoys me. First of all, I think what cracked the door open was. The Jake Paul mm. brothers. Yep. They were the ones that started the whole YouTubers coming over to boxing. Yep. And they got in there with Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. One one of the million type shot. Mm -hmm. They they seized the moment and mm -hmm. made it a thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and now you got UFC fighters coming over mm -hmm. and they making fight deals. Like they making money. Yeah. Honestly, they've been making more money off of one fight than most people made in yeah. any of their fights. Yeah. And it's all due to the publicity and the excitement of it. I mean, that's what makes the fight the fight. People come and pay for pay-per-view for the excitement. They don't come to pay for pay-per-view just so they can say, oh, I just want to see you going to win. You win, yeah. Because, I mean, I ain't got nothing else to do. No. This is a, a brutal sport, mm -hmm. an exciting sport. It's all year round. It's just showing character in a person. It's showing skills. It's showing brutalities and, and so forth and so forth. That, I think, is now getting watered down. Yeah. Because people is just, like, pacifying their their, their record. Mm -hmm. They don't want to blemish their record. So they cherry-picking who they fight. They're like, I don't want to fight him because it's high risk. 
Mm-hmm. It's not even a high risk, low reward type of thing. It's just it's a high risk. I high risk. Him. Right. I don't want to fight him because I don't want to look a certain way. Or I don't want to lose my my victorious type of record. That's what yeah. we're in it for. The best mm-hmm. fight the best. That's what I wish. I wish it'd be back to to that. Like, so that's that's what annoyed me because even like so the Fury fight, we fought uh was in Dockway or something, you fought in Daku. Um oh, yeah, 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 Daku, yeah, right. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't watch UFC like that. I ain't gonna hold you. I don't watch UFC like that. So when he fought, I was like, then it's like, okay, he knocked him down. Now Eric, now this is going glorified even more. Right. To a point where now other folks are going to do it even more. To a point where now we're not talking about the real boxes in the game getting exactly. You know what exactly. I'm saying? And that's what irritates me about it. Because yeah. you got people that's been doing this their whole lives just to yeah. get to the pinnacle and be like a world champion. Yeah. And now you got people that don't even really value world champions. No. Now. Not at all. Not at like, all. You losing the respect for the, the whole titles. Yeah. No, I'm with What's you. On that? Having the title now. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Cause that's like, I like, like I like I love Floyd. Cause I think Floyd's like one of the best who ever did. But to your point, by fighting a, a Paul or whatever, like now mm-hmm. the opportunity to put their their toes in the door and be like, yeah, I'm val I'm validated. Like nah, and they supposed to be like that. Like there are guys in this game that would be would want. That opportunity tenfold, tenfold to get in the ring with you, you know what I'm saying? Win, loss, or whatever, bro. Like they want that opportunity. Like that's, lies with that. That's why I take my head off to Regis at because even though he lost, he he took he took that loss to the chin. He, mm-hmm. he had to wear that, you know, like a man, and I, and I can respect that. He said, "Man, look, he was the best man today. Uh, I didn't come be victorious. I got to go back to the drawing board. Don't worry about me losing." That was just a minor setback. I'm, I will be back. Mm-hmm. Sportsmanship, which is cool. I mean, even even I'm gonna touch on that real quick, real yeah. short, so we can get back on this topic. Yeah. Regis Progre, he didn't do everything he needs to do. He could have closed the gap, cut the ring off some more, and everything, mm-hmm. but he wasn't willing to take that risk. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the the stage or he he lost too many rounds on points, so he wanted mm-hmm. to be safe and not try to just get reckless. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but the tenacity got to be there. That's what I mean. A person got to be able to possess all of these attributes. You got to be some not, not reckless, but mm-hmm. you got to be able to embody the controlled, chaotic environment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to yeah. have some like some fuck you. You like my yeah. like, fuck, fuck you. Yeah, um, for real facts. Whatever, whatever you bring in, I'm, I'm, I'm about to lock these hands and, and come at you. I'm going to do it calculatively, though. Yeah. I'm not just going to rush in and just, ah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nah, I mean, that's, that's, that doesn't define a professional. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's still ways. It's the same. It's, it's many ways to skin a cat. Facts. You got to be able to skin a cat multiple ways in this mm-hmm. And that's just what it is, you know. But back to what we was talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, you got these fighters like Floyd. He... He he, boxed and stick the move, but he was more fluent. He was more yeah. fluent with how he moves. His mm-hmm. stuff was still exciting to the point. I, I want to see Floyd fight this dude. Yeah, I want to see Floyd fight this dude. Facts, facts. Kodo, Kodo, yeah. Canelo, Canelo, yes, all Danny of Mosley, yes, all of Kodo. Uh, like like Kodo, he was willing to, to lay it all in the, in the yeah. ring for, yeah. for, for that fight. That mm-hmm. matchup was crazy. Shane Mosley hurt him. Floyd came back. And, and man, unleashed an ass whooping on that yeah, man. Yeah. Canelo, 
Yeah, Oscar. Happy hitting, happy hitting punches. Yeah. Both hands. Yeah. Floyd outthought him. Mm-hmm. Put him in a blender. Let's stick and move. Pop, pop, pop. I'm about to make you run into this left hand. Pow, yeah. move. Yeah. You know, it made it look good. It was still intense and yes. exciting. Yes. Yeah, people that's because he was willing to make those risks. You take those yes. risks. Yeah. Like these guys now, they're not taking a risk. Mm-hmm. But that's that that goes to show you that that's why Floyd got the credentials that he got because he took risks mm-hmm. and he's he's more of a well-rounded. Uh, all-around professional yep. than other guys. You got a lot of these guys as professional, but we call them personally. We call them you're a professional amateur. Mm, okay. You know I mean? <laughs> no, I, oh, I get you. I know exactly where you're coming from. Right. When you say that. These I get it. I totally get it. Your amateur, your amateur back. Yeah, your amateur style. I get exactly what you're talking about. You can't switch it up. Yeah, I definitely got what you're talking about. It's been times Floyd switched it up. He lock it, lock his hands, stand with it, poop, 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 break to the body. Poop, 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 get off me, you know. And, and Floyd was never known to be no hard one punch, one knockout true, true. type of fighter. True. But his heart, mm-hmm. his intelligence, all of that was was working in synchly to the point he was able to put a solution together and, and make some changes mm-hmm. and become victorious. Still, you got a lot of these fighters that ain't doing it. I mean, that's I guess why they that's why they imitate him a lot because uh, it's the greatness there. <laughs> But y'all not doing it like him. No, nah, they not. That's the thing that gets me. It's like everybody wants to. Well, a lot of folks, and I, so I'm not gonna say everybody. A lot of folks want to be Floyd, but they don't do it like Floyd. You know what I mean? Like, to your point. So it's wild. So I'm going back to speaking of Devin Haney. We talk. We're talking about him basically. Right. I've been like clamoring. I ain't gonna lie. I've been clamoring for like Devin Haney. I've been adding him on on social media. It's like I want to see Devin Haney versus Antoine. I, I ain't gonna lie. I said it. I did. My boy Ray. <laughs> oh, you lie. know this. I've been saying it. Like I've been saying it, like I want, I want that fight. Like I want to see Devin Haney step up and fight you. You know what I'm saying? I feel like your body of work, the work you've been doing right now, and like where you at, where you're at, it's time for that type of fight to give you that opportunity. And I feel exactly. like he can. That's a fight. He's at 140, so it's not. He just got to 140, so right. I ain't like there's people out there. Like you can go ahead and you can do this. You know what I'm saying? If you exactly. like that smoke, if you exactly. like that smoke, you know what I mean? So. My- do you agree? Like, is that a fight that you would want ASAP? If if they would if they was to give it to me, I'd take it. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I'd take it. Mm-hmm. My whole my whole game plan since I even started, because I've been in one the one forty division my whole career race recently, but I was more so on a mindset of all right, let me clean up my whole division. Mm-hmm. Whoever got the titles, let me take all these titles, then I'm either move up to forty seven or even move down. Mm-hmm. Fight at a catch weight at 47 or something like that. Uh, be undisputed, pound for pound, stuff like that. But first, let me get my division cleared out. Mm-hmm. So I was going after Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor for Teofimo Lopez, yeah. lost the titles. Teofimo Lopez lost the titles. Now Regis Progray got the WBC. Regis Progray, he lost the titles now. Mm-hmm. Devin Haney got the WBC. So it was really just like whoever's in my way. Yes. Is a victim. It was never me having like a hit list or anything like that. Yeah, it was no, never, never no hit list. Mm -hmm. It was just all love for the sport. And if you're my way on my journey up to success, trying to get these titles, then just so be it. You was at the wrong place at the wrong time. Do you? Yeah, I'm not with you. Not with you. Do you feel like? Because I feel like that fight. Because wow, I feel like that fight. It's it's now since he's at 140. 
it's a fight that could be made. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so right. it's like he talking about moving though. He's talking about moving yeah, up. Yeah, now he's move another he one. About, so I'm like, so and I feel like I, I, I honestly personally, I, I can't get mad at him because yeah, like I yeah. said, it's still a career thing. You want to yeah. live, you want to have a longevity type yeah. of career, and you want to come out unscathed. You don't want to be able to not spill your name when you lead a sport yeah. and a major marketing sport. Cool. That's fine. You can you can structure your career how you best see fit. Everybody else is is just an opinion. For real, for real. Yeah. But it'll be a, a good service of you to stay in the 140. Yeah. And these fans what they want. Yeah. They want to see you go against some great Antoine Russell. They want to see you go against uh Teofimo Lopez yeah. or something like that. I, I, I can care less. Teofimo Lopez, mm-hmm. Haney, we just prograde. I've been calling out um I've been calling out uh 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 Matthias. Matthias. I'm about to say Matthias. I thought I was about to say yeah. I like to see that fight. I ain't gonna lie to you. I like to see right, right. I like to see that fight. A lot of people scared to call him out. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Why would why y'all why wouldn't y'all call him out? It would be smart for business for one. Yeah. Because if you really want if you really want to be real, mm-hmm. it's it called it's called show business for a reason. Yeah. There's a show side which mm-hmm. is the performance, and then there's the business side. Facts. You know, so it's like you got to understand the business to really pick the fights the right way. Yeah. And he's not no high risk, low reward type of opponent. Facts. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So why aren't these people calling them out? Probably because they just don't want to blemish their record. It's, yeah. even, it's about the record, but honestly, my integrity lays within honoring the sport, honoring the art. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like some things don't make sense, and I understand why people wouldn't move a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But when you got a guy that's a title holder, what doesn't make sense about that? Do you want that title or not? That's what Do I'm you saying. want that money or not? I'm just like, you got the belt. Like, be the fighting champion. That's what I'm saying. Like, you got the belt. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, you got exactly. this belt for a reason. Like, all right, regardless of what Everybody thinks I'm not even gonna get to like the Devin Haney, whoever stuff, but like you moved up, like now you in this division where yeah, there are, yeah, where there are <laughs> bodies out here to put in work, like to to really truly build your. If you about building your brand, you in the division to build your brand. You in the division right now. You in 140. This is an opportunity to build your brand. You got dudes out here like yourself, like you mentioned, Tiafio Lopez, even. Right. Ryan, like Ryan Garcia, who's Ryan trying to do Garcia, the yeah, I out left there. him out. You know what I'm saying? Ryan, my, my, my you said Mateus, like you have Mateus, like you know what I'm saying? Like there's so many, uh, and I'm sure I'm, I'm Lopez, Josh, Steve, Josh Taylor out there. Like there's so many dudes in this class that got a brand where you can build your brand off of that. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, and it's wild. Like to your point, everybody wants to be, May- and I'm gonna say this, everybody wants to be Mayweather. But look at the genesis. If you really want to be real. Look at the genesis of Mayweather before he came Money Mayweather. Like he went exactly. up and fought these dudes. Like exactly. he went up and fought Oscar. He went up and he fought he fought Cotto. He fought Jabzu, uh, Jabzu, Jabzu. He was fighting all right. these dudes that to before Heavy he hitters. became Money Money Mayweather. Like he Heavy fought all these dudes. exactly. So, That's when he was pretty boy. Like yeah, like he was fighting pretty the challenges. Boy. He was fighting challenges when people didn't think he could fight whoever. Like couldn't beat these some of these dudes. Folks Man. thought he could lose to Gotti, and he punished Gotti. Gotti, so put, so put him in a corner. It's punished almost Gotti. first. Exactly. So I'm Coach, saying, uh, like, what's his name? Um, 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 
Corrales. Corrales, yeah. Oh like, God. like before, oh God. before he became the image where everybody says, oh, we got to protect the O. Like, he was putting his O on the line. Why? Don't get it twisted. Do not get it twisted. His O was, like, there were 50-50, quote-unquote, with folks deemed 50-50 fights, and he came out the, the victorious. He became came out victorious. That's what I'm saying. So, like, don't. That's what I'm saying. Yes, You're you would say, smooth. like, you protect the O, but it ain't the same. It ain't the same. It ain't. It ain't. I'm mm-hmm. glad you spoke on that because yeah. that's exactly where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. That's the main perspective that I'm coming from. Like, y'all are not fluid. Yeah. just It's them. good that y'all see greatness in front of y'all mm-hmm. and y'all got that resource that's just right there at y'all convenience mm-hmm. to the point y'all can just, like, man, learn from it for free. Mm-hmm. Take advantage. But do not try to say that you, you're him. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. You done it younger. You done things that he did. Cool. That's good. But you are not him. Yeah. You are not him. Yeah. He did things that's far more greater. Yeah. And I, I take my head off to him, too. You know what I'm saying? Because they because that dude was competing at the highest level. He was going after individuals. It wasn't like he wasn't maneuvering to fight, maneuvering a fight to fight somebody he knew he can beat. I don't know how that makes any sense. Like, I felt like. Some people are maneuvering to fight a fighter that they know they have this skill set to kind of be right. You know what I'm right. saying? Rather than, all right, this fight can damage my O, so let me just and it's it's fifty fifty. I re- I know I can handle this dude. I know I can. You know what I'm saying? Rather than the the, the unknown. That's why I like, for instance, regardless of, the, of the, how the fight panned out. I respect Bud and Earl. Like I respect uh, Bud. And right. Earl. That was a good. That was a great ass turnout yeah, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I respect. That was a great turnout. Yeah. Great too. turnout. But I respect it. You know what I'm saying? Both of them, because right. they didn't care about the O. Like they knew they, they can make each. Like, they felt with it, regardless of the outcome, they felt like they can make each other great. I like that. That's, that's what it right. is. What you talking about? That's the purity of boxing. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, I like folk, I like young dudes like yourself and the Shakur Stevenson. I like like I like the what he stands for, what he's trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Like I like folks like y'all that are uh, they y'all don't care. Like y'all about getting it, y'all about showing competition at the highest level, regardless. If you're the best, I want to fight you. All right. Show me that you're the best. You know what I'm saying? I like that. Show me that you're the best. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all. Yeah, man. So so in terms, so if it's not. Would you fight a Josh Taylor? Would you do a Josh Taylor? Or are you like, nah, that's not even in your because of he don't uh, have nothing I want. Yeah, I'm saying like, I feel you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Let's, say, let's say he didn't have the IBF. Yeah. Or the, the WBA. Something. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, what are you now? A tune-up fight? True. You know what? Facts. That's that's you true. A tune-up fight? That's true. That's true. Cool, if they want to just throw me a bone and, and, and at the same time have some connections on the England side and, yeah. and play both sides of the fence type of thing. And you got the conditions to, you mean, you you right there. You could be a potential tune-up or a journeyman type, type of guy, mm-hmm. a gatekeeper type of thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's, let's, let's eat him up. Let's go ahead and put him on a platter. Mm. But I, I, I guarantee you, after this fight, I need one of these titles. That's what we, that's what we waiting on, man. Me and Ray talk about this all the time. Like, like, really? like, really, realistically, my record shows that I need a title fight. Yes, seventeen wins to seventeen knockouts, bro. Mm. I mean, mm. it is what it speaks for itself. You know what I'm saying? It speaks for dude. You gave the you get like the the Kent Cruz had 
was undefeated, right? Before he fought you. Yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's about that time. Like, Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. So it's about that time. I agree. I feel like that's the where it is. Like, you you should be getting a title fight. Like, that's yeah, where it is. Definitely, like, definitely. You know what I'm saying? That's why, I, I mean, I, yeah, I go I go high. Like, I mean, you're supposed to aim high. That's what it is. Like, you aim high. Like, I feel of like, course, all right, everybody talking about, about Everybody talk about that's why I'm going back to Devin. Everybody talk about like Devin. He's at 140. Like he's the one that's they're talking about right now at the, at the present time. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Come on. Like don't need to, there's no need to move up. They ain't no need to move up. You know what I'm saying? Like this is where it's at. It's 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 where it's at. Really, truth be told, it's 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 where it's at for you too. I'm gonna keep it a buck. It's where it's at for you. Going up ain't going to do but so much. This is where it's at for you. You know what I'm saying? So I, I want to say I want me I want to bring the true essence of this sport back to its yeah. peak, man. Mm-hmm. I do, I do, and it's not just like oh, I'm just like I'm just trying to bulldoze with everybody. No, no, yeah. no. like I, I can, I can bulldoze you over. I can be a smart, intelligent. I can sit back, mm-hmm. pick my shots. I can be a boxer like Floyd if I choose to. But these are things within your arsenal that you're supposed to possess. Doesn't mean that you gotta broadcast all of them. You don't gotta mm-hmm. take everything out for for every job. You just man, you, you you putting a you putting a screw in the ceiling for your light bulb, mm-hmm. and you are gonna take out a chainsaw for what? <laughs> <laughs> for for what? Yes, <laughs> we know you know how to cut down trees. <laughs> then you can be a lumberjack. Like, come on, <laughs> you don't need that. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, okay? <laughs> or a flathead, a flathead. Like, come on, like you don't gotta do all this stuff. So a lot of times when people look at me, they're just like, oh man, oh he just like he just aggressive fighter. He just come for no. That's all y'all see because I never really had to bring anything else out mm-hmm. due to the opponents that I had in front of me. We had a game plan. If things change, because you gotta realize a lot of people they can watch footage on me too. Yeah, they can watch tapes and, and practice and try to go through simulations preparing for me. But let's say I'm not gonna fight the same this time. I what I'm gonna do the day of the fight is I'm gonna change my style. Yeah. And then what? How how versatile are you at that point? You was expecting me to just walk in and just be rocking socking with yeah. John, you know. But you don't, but you but if anybody watch, you know that you don't really like you're you're not one dimensional. You know what I'm saying? Like even what like amateur wise, you're not one dimensional though. Mm-mm. Like you, you know what I'm saying? You're not like you're like, yeah, you do what you need to do. You get them you, what I do like about you, you don't waste time. You get them out in when you see blood. That's what I do. I like that you're close. But even with, when you fought, fought Pope, when you fought uh post all, like I felt like you you thought that out. That wasn't something that you were just going in there. You thought that out. Like you thought when you got that knockdown. Like you thought that out. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? So Definitely. it wasn't like you were you weren't brawling in that fight. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was a it was a game of intelligence. It yeah. Was definitely. You got to be a defensive discipline. You got to be disciplined uh, offensively as well because mm-hmm. this guy, he's trying to time you. He got long arms. Mm-hmm. He's not no slouch. He was an ex-champion and et cetera. So yeah. don't sleep on him. And he yeah. got the punch and pop to, to get your attention. Bud didn't, get out, Bud didn't get him out of there. So Bud didn't get exactly. him out of there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just like, saying. Just saying. Come on. It's there. I mean, the, the, 
the put the putting tells it all, right? You know what I'm saying, yeah, the putting tells it all, right? Like, come on, man, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but let's let's be real about this. You know, yeah. so as of now, I want to say, op- opening opening next year, opening year, come next year, who knows how this going to go due to all of the Amazon the changes stuff. that's been made. You know what I mean, as far as the networks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if I had to say, I say first quarter, probably the end of first quarter, beginning of first quarter, something like that. But I would definitely be be ready. Mm-hmm. So, what's your goal for twenty? So, is that your what's your goal for twenty twenty four in terms of boxing? What are your goals? My goals personally is to continue to be victorious. Mm-hmm. I want to bring I want to bring this sport back on the map. For the right reason, not no cherry picker fights. I want to bring the entertainment. I really, I want. I really want to bring the entertainment back. Of Love course, it. I gotta honor my father. God rest his soul. That he. Don't... Are you there? That losing? You there? Uh, um, I got you. You're mute. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, mute it. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, go ahead. I can hear you. Good. My father, uh, he put he put his all into us, you know. He, he spilled a lot of jewels and gems mm. and, and, and lessons into us, and I don't want that to go in vain. So I definitely got to do this for him and, and, and honor that. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a lot that goes into that. That's that could be a whole another conversation, to be honest. But actually, it's, it's a segue. It's a segue that I do want to talk about him. But go ahead, continue. Okay, now I, I do want to do it for him. Do it for the family, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Asiatic people, my melanated people. You already know how that goes. Yeah. I do it for the culture. Uh, I I just want to honor this honor honor the sport as well. Yeah. The art in it. Because us as melanated people, we always been the ones that's been changing the games, trendsetters right. and stuff like that. It don't matter, like you got black tennis players, Venus is so it don't matter what sport it is. We in there. Let a melanated person be in it. We're gonna transform it to something that's just ultimately exciting. Facts. I I wanna be one of those ones that have that type of influential push in this sport. Right now it's starting to decline a little bit. You got all these old fighters are starting to branch off and fall off almost mm-hmm. like seasons. Some season the leaves the leaves fall off and new ones grow on. We the new leaves, you know what I mean? It's a new season, it's a new era. And we gotta keep that trend going. We gotta keep that thing rocking and rolling. It's our job, it's our duty almost to do that. Mm-hmm. But we gotta have uh, the courage to do it too. True. Nah, I, so I respect everybody that participated in the sport because this sport ain't for everybody. It's just saying that we used to say in the gym. It was a joke, but it's so real. We used to say, you can play basketball. You can play tennis. You can play soccer, but you can't play boxing. <laughs> you can't. You ain't lying about that. You can't play this, man. <laughs> so you ain't lying, man. You ain't lying. You can't play this. So... I, I, ain't play, I ain't playing boxing myself. I ain't gonna hold you. I'm a basketball player. I don't play boxing. <laughs> nah, you can't play this, man. You forget how to tie your shoes, know your name, how to even feed your damn self if it's getting too serious and critical. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I honor people who participate in it. You know, I respect them. The fact that we share the same battlefield and stuff like that, I can honor that, you know, because they know what they're getting into. And that just shows character and shows carriage, you know. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I, I like to keep going as well, inspire that into people to do. Like, just have that feeling, the, the feel, fulfilling feeling about yourself. Because when you hop in that ring, your coach is backup support, but for real, for real, it's you. Mm-hmm. The athlete that's in that square is all up to you. It's mano y mano. It's me oh, versus yeah. you. Right. right. The best, the, the best win. Yeah, it's the real one on one. That's about right. Boxing. It's the real one on one. How big you are, it's the how real strong one. you think it is you are. The, this mm-hmm. book going to show you where your ass at. True facts. So, you you, you did you did speak to your father, man. He's the architect uh, of the mm-hmm. team, of team Gary Russell. Um, he's rested, like you mentioned, he rested in paradise, man. So, um, can you tell our listeners how important it is to, to, your, to you and your family, but also to the community because he did a lot for the community too, as well? Oh man, yeah, I realize the community, they they always been our supporter, our number one supporters. Mm-hmm. You know, we had times when we just gave back to the community. Mm-hmm. We did a, a pop-up shop. Uh basically we did this drive, um, Capital Heights Day. Yeah. We cut off the street and we told all of the venues, right? Yeah, all that. of the personal venues to come up and bring their pop-up shops, black mm-hmm. owned companies and stuff like that. So we can give y'all advertisement, then we put it online, mass market it, and they got their show me uh, their business show showcased on multiple networks and uh, social media streams, so they can have more inventory or, or more business clientele. I mean, mm-hmm. and at the end of that, we gave a sermon on who we are as the culture, who we are as a, 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 a being. Mm-hmm. Just our our makeup is just different from every other ethnicity that's out here. You know, and we we gotta rem- remind ourselves that we are royal. Mm-hmm. We do come from a different background, but our background by being different doesn't mean that it depreciates. It doesn't mean that we devalued. If you truly understand your 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 lineage, your history, yeah, your history. Mm-hmm. it shows that like you are like the creator. Mm-hmm. The essence of you. Is something far more greater than what all these other people can truly possess. That doesn't mean devalue all these other races because they're not you, mm-hmm. but it means be be a leader, show leadership, give homage to the people who've done it before you, live in that light, walk these footsteps that's basically going to allow you to be righteous. Mm. Because people out here now, they're just doing any and everything. It can be the bad the bad stuff. It doesn't matter. If you got a code that you live by, then it's, it's A-OK. At least even a code, when it comes down to just a, a code that you live by, mm-hmm. that's something of a systematic uh, uh, understanding that was ushered in or, or brought about due to having a certain level of togetherness and even that certain level of togetherness came from or, or re- re- germinated from us mm-hmm. so much things that we've done we had to be together uh, about how we did it you know so mm-hmm. the creativity the creations from events and inventions and stuff like that due to current time all the way up to now it's like you got things as Man, being created and being a trend naturally because that's just in our veins for us to be, be that way, just to be great naturally. You know what I mean? And they don't even understand where it come from because there's a lot of distractions out here. But we threw a sermon like that at the end of the, in the, end of the day, did some myths and stuff like that mm-hmm. and showed them what we do. We have boxers. We're going to the Olympics during the time I was going to the Olympics. Yeah, it's dope. 
stuff like that. And we just gave them some CDs. Mm-hmm. And the CDs was Hidden Colors. I don't know if you familiarize with Hidden Colors. Oh, what's the start? Yeah. Yeah, Hidden like- Colors, part one and two. Mm-hmm. And that basically touch on the roots of us melanated people, mm. the roots of how things was and how things came to be now today. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King said it best. He said, we are entering a new type of slavery, a slavery covered up in the niceties and complexities. Mm. I don't think a lot of people caught that, mm-hmm. you know, but even during those time frames, we was always standing on our integrity, who's always standing on our, our history, who's always standing on our lineage and who we were as a as a people. We understood who we was back then, but I think it's starting to get watered down now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these are the type of things that, that interest me, to be honest. I, I kind of like got away from it because I, I feel like some things just fall on deaf ears. Not everybody. No, I feel you. No, you're right about that. that. Mm-hmm. So now we got to find a new way to kind of like get through to people, mm-hmm. which is cool. It's all right. But like I said, you got to have a sense of adversity, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Like how you, that's how you started it. So uh, Ray, who's my co-host, who's not here, he had a comment. He said, did you catch the Showtime tribute that featured your fam? Uh, I, I honestly, I probably missed it because mm-hmm. they did, they did show one before I fought Kent Cruz. They did, though. They did. Man, they did. it messed me up. I said, "What the hell? They want me? They want, <laughs> they want me going this motherfucker? Wipe the tears and stuff? What they doing, man? Do me off? I said, man, turn this, man, turn this off. But at the same time, I was so intrigued because I got to see his face, mm-hmm. his voice, see his smile. Mm-hmm. Like, damn. Mm-hmm. Nah, you know, I get it. Took me there. Nah, I get it, it weakened I get me, it. but at the same time, it had me, had me pumped up. It had me stoked. I ain't gonna lie. Nah, I get it, man. I, I, I get that sometimes. Like, uh, I, I lost my dad like in uh, 2018. So, um, man, sometimes when I appreciate you, man. Uh, like, sometimes I'm the same way. I'll be in a certain mood, and then, like, damn, don't talk about it. Like, I'm trying to, I'm in this mood. Like, I need to be, I need to be in this mood. But when you talk about it a certain way, if I see a picture, then it's like it brings me back to a certain thing. So. I know, I know. It just, so, it just yeah. do something to you. It do something to me. It no, I get it. Do something to you. I get man. it. No, it do. Like, and especially, I can't imagine getting ready for a fight. And I couldn't still, imagine that. Then I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. Real fresh too. Like, yeah. like honestly, even in that fight, if you if you look at the fight, the beginning of the fight, I, mm-hmm. I look back at the corner mm-hmm. and I point it. Where he would be sitting at, no. Oh man, that's dope, man. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, man, pops, I'll keep it over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's type dope. stuff. I'm gonna draw this energy from you, man. The universe sending me your energy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna embrace it. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, transform it and and do what I gotta do. Represent us. Yeah, well, you well, you all are representing. That's the that's the fact. No, no. It's all facts. Nothing about that. You all are definitely representing. Hey, Antoine, man, thanks for being on, my man. Appreciate you, man. Is anything you want to share before I let you go, man? Because you gave me a lot of time. I think you'll give me this much time. So I, I, feel, I feel the love, man. Look, look, I do. I ain't going to lie to you, man. I feel the love. Man, I'm out here. No shirt showing up. I'm about to give you all that. Hey, yo, man, go <laughs> That thing saying Fashion Nova need a new model. Hey, Stop go playing. Ahead. You know what I mean? That thing say, Hugo, Hugo Boss, y'all need me to try on some of y'all turtlenecks and stuff like that and pose. Get you in one of these. One of these. <laughs> 
man. man man all i can say is man make sure whoever y'all come encounter with make sure y'all uplift them because the energy you put out is the energy you get in that that whole saying you reap what you sow that's not no biblical term that's a scientific term and it's real you feel me don't 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 strive away from that always try to uplift others because it's needed out here because one day you never know when somebody gonna have to uplift you so be there and follow me follow my journey follow me and my family journey man we we're gonna do some amazing things no definitely 2024 is gonna be y'all year i'm already claiming that for y'all man it's gonna be oh year. yeah all right appreciate man. that champ. Right. definitely man hey and antoine thank you man appreciate you man really do oh man you're all welcome right. you're welcome right. i thank you for having me king all right man have a blessing all right appreciate it peace peace man hey man awesome man antoine man it's gonna do good work i'm telling y'all that's the next champ over there real talk next champ said this before ray noticed and for very prior listening i said we met him off the rip the first time we was interviewing his brother gary russell jr and we spoke to antoine i was like i like him man like he that's the one like he's gonna like that one is i can listen to him i can listen to him talk he's just more than a boxer he's just he's an intelligent young man real talk he's he's a very intelligent young man Anyway, this has been a great show. Appreciate everybody for tuning in, listening to the interview with Antoine, Gary Antoine Russell. Um, also appreciate Donna Hawkins for jumping in. I appreciate Jamie uh, Walker for being on, talking about the Celebration Bowl and HBCU football. Uh, this has been an amazing show. I Actually, next week probably my last show for the for the year before. Yeah, because I'll be the last show, and I won't be back for the new year for a minute. But, I, but Ray's going to be holding it down. So anyway, appreciate y'all. Appreciate all y'all for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Tune in, iHeartRadio and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Um, also follow us on X or, uh, at Urban Sports Scene IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel. Click the red subscribe button and like this video. Hey, check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Amplifier Media at AmpfireMedia.com. And this show can be found on the Podcast DC app. Download the Podcast DC app to, to hear all of the Empire shows as well as other great content. Anyway, I appreciate all of you all for tuning in. It's been a banger of a show, one of my favorite shows. I ain't gonna hold you because I had a lot of great guests. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Say for IGs, Jadig, Deuces, Omega. Do this out, big homie. Peace. Peace.